Christian Ministries proudly presents our Faith Week. This is part three in a series designed to equip, encourage, and instill hope. Join Pastor Ashley Ellison as he speaks to us on faith. Well, tonight we've been talking about uh, our pastor. For those who have not met uh, Ashley, uh, some about 15 years ago. Ashley and I, is just divine appointment. It was a divine, I mean, you, you look back and it couldn't have been anything but God mm-hmm. that connected us. And, and uh, w- we started a Christian ministries church just like this. We started a church in southwest Missouri and we just watched that church grow. It's just been amazing what is happening there. Uh, now some 300 people, a Christian school. It's just amazing what God's doing there. And we are always blessed to have Ashley come and visit the home church. Uh, y'all give Ashley Ellison a big hand. Ashley, we're looking forward to you ministering to us. I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite things to do, is to communicate in some way just how good God is. Uh, that's, that's just my heart. He's, he's just, he has been so good. And a lot of times we just overlook that because we, we sometimes miss where that is. And several years ago, our church held a Fall into Faith conference, and we had some wonderful speakers at that event, Tim being one of them. And I, I just got to tell you, the seeds that was planted in the hearts of the people in our church during that conference, we are still watching growth and harvest from that years ago. Know that this conference will make a major impact, if you'll allow it to, in each of your lives individually. I believe God has a special word for each of you, and I don't know who it's from as far as the individual speakers, but I can tell you it'll be from the Holy Spirit, and uh, He will just plant truth in your heart. It's going to be a great, great day. Well, I, I several years ago, I got in my heart that it was important to understand that we are to live a life of faith. We are to live a life of faith. Uh, And and Josh said this morning, if you were here and heard him, he quoted Revelation 12, 11, where it says, we overcome or we conquer him, who's him, the accuser, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I I just, I, I like to talk about and brag on what God has done. And it's a lot easier to look back and see what he's done sometimes than to have the faith to see what he's going to do because you can look back and you can see real clear. And sometimes when you're looking forward, you're looking the same way you look back. And we've got to look forward different than we look back because we're looking back because we can see the past, but the future, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. And so I, I, I look back and I want to, I just want to give a word of testimony about the first introduction to faith I had, the first introduction I had. And I remember going to a revival when I was eight years old and I heard a preacher, his name was Brother Murdoch. Everybody in my church called the people who was the elders, they were brothers. And so Brother Murdoch was the preacher that night. And I remember him talking about the importance of salvation and that there was a heaven and there was a hell and you will go to one of the two. 
And I, I remember thinking about that and thought, well, there's no choice in this. I'm going to heaven. That's an easy one to make. And so what do I need to do that? And what do I need to know to do that? And so I went home and I was crying that night at home. Mom, I got to go to heaven. I can't go to hell. That, it planted something in me that I had to figure this out. And so that night, I remember right where I was. I was on Hemlock Street in Springfield, Missouri. And my mom shared with me the plan of salvation and said, you need to, to just say this. And you need to accept what Christ did on the cross for you. And I remember that like it was yesterday. And I knew that I knew that I knew, and I've never doubted since, not one day, that I was saved because I knew what happened that night. I I was convinced it was a a time in my life that I knew that that prayer and that total belief would save me. And and Ephesians 2.8 was quoted in my, my, my church all the time. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And so I, I, I knew that the, the church, the little church I grew up in, I, I knew I'd been saved by grace and, and it was through the faith that I had in Jesus. It was his grace and it was the faith in him. And that was my introduction to faith. And to be honest, that was the only thing that was ever talked about when it came to faith. You've got to have enough faith to go to heaven. And then after that, we didn't talk about it because the only thing they'd say is don't ever go to one of them faith churches. And it always confused me, because Ephesians says that, that you're saved through faith. And I knew that. I mean, that promise was downloaded in me. I knew that I knew that I knew. There, there was, we had the old hymnals in the church I grew up with. I don't know if you guys ever, anybody here know what a hymnal is? Okay, some of y'all do. So we had these old hymnals, and I remember the old songs that we would sing. In fact, I was looking some of those up before this just to see how many there were. And you know there's over 500 hymns about heaven. And that promise and that excitement of heaven. And I mean, I, I remember a bunch of them. I mean, I'll have a new home of life eternal with the redeemed of God to stand. I just... <laughs> and then it went, I'll have a new body. I need one. That's good. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by. You remember that? We shall meet on that beautiful shore. I just these old songs. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And someday on thee I'll stand. I just, I, I can sing them now and remember uh, the excitement that I had about, about, about heaven. I'll meet you in the morning by the bright river side. I don't know if you remember that one or not, but that was one of my favorites. Where all sorrow has been gone. All sorrow is gone. It's drifted away. I'll be standing at the portal when the gates open wide at the close of life's long weary day. Long, weary day. <laughs> Praise God I got heaven. See, I, I, what, 
Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. I mean, I just remember this. It's like, yeah! Heaven is going to be awesome. And I understood this song. I believed these songs, and I had the faith to know I was going. See, that was my introduction to faith. I, I, I knew that I had the faith to get there because I knew it was a promise of God. And everyone in my home church knew that. And regardless of what they were going through, and everybody was going through something. Because that's what we did. We go to prayer meeting on Wednesday night. And I'm not kidding. I'd count it. We'd have a hundred different prayer requests about what something was going, somebody was going through. And it was serious stuff. And I thought, it'll be okay, brother. It'll be okay, sister. Heaven's coming. And I would think about that. I mean, it's all bad till we get to heaven. It's going to be horrible. I mean, I, I had faith and I knew I had it and it was enough to get me to heaven. But the, I, this weary day, this weary life, this dreaded, I have to get up tomorrow. God, please come now. Now, let me just fast forward to my adult life. I enjoyed singing so much, I started singing in a gospel group. And I, I sang all of these songs about heaven. And I'd tell people how awesome heaven was going to be. I, my introduction to Christian Ministries Church was Tim hearing me sing at Silver Dollar City, sitting around the gazebo in Branson, Missouri. And he invited our group to come down here and sing songs about heaven. And we did. And we were serious about him because we believed in the promise of heaven. And I still to this day believe in the promise of heaven. So I'm not making fun of heaven. I'm grateful for the promise of heaven. I want you to know that. And and I I was down here and I was singing and something kind of lit up inside of me the very first time I ever sang here. I thought this had to be the bunch, the biggest bunch, the biggest group of fake people I'd ever met in my life. Because you didn't act like your days were weary like everybody I went to church with in other places. This day of sorrow be gone. I, mean, I was watching husbands and wives kind of enjoyed each other. And you got to know I was from a split home. And I was working real well to get the same thing accomplished with my wife as my mom and dad had done. <laughs> we never agreed on nothing. Not one thing. The only reason we didn't get a divorce is because we couldn't agree on when we were going to get. When I said we were getting divorced, she goes, no, we're not. When she said, we're getting a divorce, I'd say, no, we're not. We couldn't even agree on getting a divorce. So we sing down here at Christian Ministries, and Tim says, hey, I'd like to have you guys come to a conference in Branson. We're having a marriage conference, and I wanted to invite you. And uh, he asked each of us kind of individually, well, our bass singer, I was afraid, had went and told one of the preachers that my marriage was in trouble. I remember right out here, well, it was over here, because we were singing that other area. I went out to the bus, and I grabbed our bass singer, and I threw him against the wall, and I said, you keep my home life private. Nobody needs to know I'm having trouble. We got heaven, buddy. (laughs) This is the way it's supposed to be. Everybody has problems in this life. Don't be telling a preacher. 
Michelle and I went to a marriage retreat. And I watched couples act like they were enjoying each other. And I went the first year, and I remember thinking, there's some really good stuff here. A lot of Bible verses. I remember memorizing a couple of them. And so I I thought, this is going to be good. Maybe I don't have to get to heaven to enjoy my life. Maybe I can get some of this and have a good marriage. Because Tim and Terry acted like they were happy. And so three years later, after going to three different marriage retreats, my wife said, this might work. Here's what I did after the first one. I took Psalm 127.1 and I pasted it all over our mirrors. I put it on our, uh, in our, our cars and I put the word of God everywhere. And it says, lest the Lord be the builder of thy house, they labor in vain who builds it. I'll never forget that. I memorized that verse and I put it right there everywhere I was. And every time she'd open her mouth, I'd say, whoa, that's not of God. And every time I opened my mouth, she'd say, whoa, Lord has to build this house. You need... And so we'd help each other because we still weren't really good at agreeing on anything. But we took this verse and we started applying it and we kept that in front of us. And I realized, you know what? The Word of God kind of works because we started praying together. We started reading the Bible together. We started going to church every time the doors were open and started applying some of the truth of the Word. And before long, I started seeing this is working. And I thought, you know what? If Tim and Terry have some things figured out about the word that's going to help my marriage. They might have some other things in life I could figure out. So that was during the day and time that you all had cassette tapes by the dozens. I don't know if you remember that, if you've been here that long enough. For those of you going, what's a cassette tape? Google it. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so we would take these cassette tapes and I would put them in. And I was traveling at that point all across the country singing in different churches. Uh, we, we sang in over 600 churches nationwide. And it's about Jesus. We'd sing about the, the power that he has to get you to heaven. That's what we'd sing about. But we started listening to these cassette tapes. And I remember laying on my bunk on this bus with my laptop listening to a cassette tape of Tim Brooks teaching. And he introduced me to a few other people. I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Tom Underhill, but I remember laying on a bunk listening to Tom Underhill. And I started thinking, you know what? The same faith that's getting me to heaven, they're talking about faith that can get me other things. And I thought, that's, pr- that's pretty cool. And as they were talking, I'd hear them talk about Kenneth Hagin and Jerry Savelle and I, I, this guy named Jerry Limley had this really cool testimony. And I, I, I just, some of these people I didn't know, but I'm hearing different quotes from him. John Osteen, I'm going, whoa, some of the things they say, I just can't get. I, I would type this out on my laptop and I'd read it and I'd read it. And it was the word of God and their testimony. It was the word of God. It was what Jesus said. And their testimony. And I'm hearing them talk about it. And I'm hearing them say things. And I had known at this point, Tim and Terry, for a little while. And I realized they weren't fake. I started to see this was really who they were. They actually believed this stuff. And it was, it, their faith was bigger than heaven. And then I found out they were a faith church. <sighs> now I can't tell anybody. But I'm listening to it. And I'm, I'm starting to get some hope. Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
I started getting some hope, and I was hoping for things, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, does faith really get you what you're hoping for? Well, how do I get it to be my substance? Another version is, is your reality of what we hope for. I, how do I get that? I, how do I make it evident of something I can't see? And I started thinking, well, it's exactly the same faith I had about heaven. It's the same thing. It's not a different kind of faith that was going to get me to heaven. I mean, I knew how poor I was, how broken my family was, how nothing ever seemed to go right, how messed up my thinking was. But praise God, I had faith that I was going to get to go to heaven. And so I learned that this is pretty cool. I mean, I had hope for heaven, and I believed I'd read enough of God for him to get me to heaven one day. And I had enough scripture to back that up. And I had a whole bunch of songs that I could sing about. And I'd feel good when I sang them. Jerry Seville said something, because here's what was de- I was dealing with. I-, I knew that I had the faith to get to heaven. But they were talking about faith for everyday life and living by faith. And I- I'd be like, this is pretty good, but then I'd get scared. I'd have some fear come about. And one of the things I heard him say that faith and fear had the same definition. Believing in something you can't see is going to happen. Faith and fear have the same definition. So I thought, hmm. Heard one, I don't remember which one of them said but one of them said that. And I thought, that's, that's pretty, pretty profound because I'm operating in a lot of fear. And I'm, but when I listen to what they're saying, I get some hope. Jerry Savelle said that just as faith is the substance of things hoped for, fear is the substance of things dreaded. Because the opposite of hope is dread. Let that sink in, just kind of soak you for a second. And it was tough for me. Some of you may know this, but there were some things they taught about faith that was way different than just the faith that I needed to get to heaven. And I, I was dealing with some dread and some doubt, and I realized that, well, every time I'd listen to them speak the word and talk about what was happening in their life, I, I'd feel like I was overcoming I'd feel like I was, something was building in me. And the biblical definition they gave of faith was a Hebrew word called pistis. Now you might go, that's not the way it's pronounced. I googled it and listened to it a hundred times. It's pistis. <laughs> Stand bold on that. And it means trust or trustworthy. Hmm. One theologian's definition is the truthfulness or the trustworthiness of God. Faith is the truthfulness or the trustworthiness of God. Well, I knew that God had promised us heaven if we would believe in Jesus. And I started looking up the promises of God that are in the Word. And I found, not personally, but I did a lot of study on this, not just now, but back then, there's 5,467 promises of God in the Word. That can be debated, but 5,467 promises of God. Here's what I can tell you. I knew one, and that was how to get to heaven. And I had about 5,466 more to figure out. Lest the Lord be the builder of thy house. There's two. So now I've got a marriage happening. Try me in this that I won't pour out. There's three. I'm starting to work my way up. 
and I start quoting these, and I start thinking more about them, and I thought, you know what? I can live a life of faith like all these faith heroes that I had. I mean, th- these same promises that I believe was going to get me to heaven were promises right out of the same word I believe for heaven for life. And I would tell people during the time that I believed heaven was the only promise of God, I would tell them, man, you can get saved, but it's really horrible, but heaven's going to be good. Well, yeah, there's a fight for faith. Tim talked about that last night. There's a fight that we have for faith, but you've got to know what the promise is or you're not going to get in on the fight. See, the, there's a promise that has been given us out of the Word of God. And a lot of us, I mean, if I was to ask how many people were saved, be a bunch of hands go up. If you're not saved, that's the first promise you need to know. So don't leave here tonight without knowing that you know that you know that heaven's for you. And then when you sing, I'll meet you in the morning, you can be there. See, that, that's the first promise But know this, if you don't believe in the promise, you won't believe in the plan. You've got to know the promises. And let me just say, I'm still learning them. There's more and more and more. I've tried to memorize about a few of them, but I think I'm about 20. But I've got still 5,000 plus to go. I've got a whole bunch of them. Hopefully I've got more 20, but still, I'm... I just was tired of thinking like this. I mean, the idea that, that you can get saved and you can have enough faith to get to heaven, but your life here is going to be miserable till you get there. This life of sorrow, I just, that, that was hard for me. Faith needed to be my substance of what I was hoping for, and I had no hope here. So I needed to figure out some faith for today, some faith for tomorrow. And then if I'm going to live to be 70, 80, 90, 120 years old, that's a fine thing for me. But that's a long time before I get some enjoyment. Enjoyment. I'm looking for something tomorrow. Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. It's the evidence of what you can't see. But you know, as you read on, I read about some other faith heroes. Chapter, chapter 11, verse 2. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. I wanted a good reputation. I wanted a good reputation. Why? Because I want to be effective for the kingdom, and I wanted a good reputation. And so I read in verse 3, by faith we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we, what we now see didn't come from anything that can be seen. Tim talked about that last night. It, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a, a righteous man, that, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks us to, by example of his faith. And so I thought, you know what? I have learned some things. God's expecting a certain sacrifice from me. He's, he's, there are some things that I understand what Jesus did on my behalf that only he could have done. And I learned that by studying the promises of God. Verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Verse 6, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible without faith. Well, I knew I was pleasing God because I was going to heaven. But I, when I realized there's a 5,000 plus more promises, I had a lot more areas to work on so I could get more and more faith. You know, your faith can grow. And the reason I know it can be at different levels because Jesus even told people, oh, you have little faith. 
So I, they had some growing to do, and they hung out with all he was saying all the time. I've got a lot of learning to do. It's by faith Noah, it's by faith Abraham, by faith Sarah, by faith Isaac, by faith Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Moses, Moses. They said him a few times. It, it was by faith the people of Israel. It was by faith Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, all the prophets. It was by faith. A life of faith. And I'm telling you, I saw that they did it. I knew a Tim Brooks. I knew a Tom Underhill. I knew a Jerry Limley. I read about a, a, a Jerry Savelle. I read about some of these other people. I thought, there's a lot of people doing this and it's working for them. And God's no respecter of person. He can do it for me. And let me just tell you, he can do it for you. And so the life of faith is available. And I've learned so much over the past 20 years of my life being in the faith walk, in the faith church. Being in, I mean, we, being in a movement and an excitement for the kingdom. Not just the church, but for the kingdom. Walking in faith is a real deal. And I learned what Christian faith is. And I learned that a lot of what I was taught younger is what it's not. I mean, it's not wishful thinking. I just wish that could happen. It could, have you not read the promises of God? Healing is yours. Boy, I just wish. Faith is not about believing in things that don't exist. Faith isn't about turning off the brain and relying totally on the heart. That's all, that's, they think they got to disconnect sometimes from intellect and logic. And God's the one who gave intellect and logic. Faith is not squashing reason in favor of emotion. Let's just get rid of You can get a feeling and a goosebump, and it won't do what the Word of God will just tell you this is what's going to happen, and you stand on it. Well, I didn't get a goosebump about that. If you're not always going to get one, you just got to know what the Word says. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I started seeing that daily I needed to immerse myself in the Word of God and let Him speak and give me direction. And I did that then, and I started doing it every day, and I still do it today. I was sharing with our church this morning, you've got to spend time in the Word. If you go to my desk in the office every morning, I have a routine that I do. And I sit down at my desk after I finish my morning rituals of getting up and going to the restroom and eat, drinking my beet juice. And then I go to my office, and I sit down, and I open the Word. And right there where I opened the word, I have noticed that I have the varnish rubbed off my desk where my arms are. And I thought, praise God. I, it needs to be rubbed off a little more. It needs to be so much that it's... See, there's got to be a place where you're wearing out your carpet because you're on your knees. This is a daily walk. And so you daily need to be feeding the promises in because it's by hearing, not having heard. I mean, to talk about what's already been talked about. I felt after being in the word... I started realizing that the Word was starting to really influence how I thought. And I, I realized as the more I read the Word, I felt like the, the Word was just not only speaking to me directly. I mean, it was like God was just, you wrote this for me, God. And then in my prayer time, I would get these unctions. I don't know how else to call them. They're just an unction. To where I felt like, I got to go do something. I got to go do this. And I was ministering to people all over the country. But I'm telling you, I got so excited about faith and that God could change people really for today. And the word of God is not just a history book about heaven. It's about life today. And it can make a difference. And I said, honey, I just don't know what we're going to do. But there's got to be some changes here. And I went and told Tim, there's got to be a Christian ministries in southwest Missouri. 
There's got to be. And that was in 2004. That was a long time ago. And I, I, we got to do this. And I, I jumped all in. I went and told the guys, and I was making a good income. We were heading up the charts in Southern Gospel. It's not the kind of music we listen to all the time here, but it's what I did then. And it was, we were heading up, and it was, man, things were going great. And they're like, what are you doing? I said, I've got an unction. <laughs> just, I've been talking to God, and he's talking to me. And they might be thinking I'm a little crazy, but I'm saying he's, I'm just, there's people that need to know more than just heaven. And if I start doing this in these 600 churches, we're not going to be able to sing there anymore anyway. <laughs> Christian ministries be about the only one that invites us back. But we started getting excited about the word. And so I, I went to our area and I, I, we started a church right in our living room, 500 square foot living room. With me and my wife and my two girls. And we are going to grow the ministry. And we're going to have a faith ministry. And people are going to know that God can make a difference in your life. Not only for heaven, but there's 5,466 other promises. And so we're going, to do, we're going to learn about this. It's going to make a difference. There's going to be people that are addicted that's going to give up that addiction because they understand some promises for them, and they're going to live different than what that addiction was drawing them to. I just, we just got excited about it, and we started telling people. You know what was amazing to me? The people who didn't want us doing anything were the Christians in our area. They were like, what do you think you're doing? Because there, there was a church on every corner. Why do we need another church? Well, I wasn't putting them down. What's wrong with another church? I'm really serious when I say they would have taken it easier, and I was told this, if you'd have put a bar in than another church. Well, why? Because if you're going to move in faith, there's going to be a fight. And so I didn't get caught up on that. I just said, this is our faith walk, and we started getting scripture. We started our home. I called Tim. I said, you know what? I, we've got some songs on the radio. We can do a lot of advertising. He goes, don't do that at all. You're a church that's operating by faith. You need to claim the word and get down on your knees and pray. And I said, really? I hadn't read that promise about growing a church and trying to get people. I hadn't. So anyway, that's what we did. And you know, the next day the phone rang, and a family came. And every week for two months, it happened again and again and again. Our phone just kept ringing. And what they'd say is, hey, we're looking for a church. And we said, well, we happened to start one two weeks ago. You might want to come. Well, we knew that something was going on. You know, Acts 2, we read this then. Acts 2, verse 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold the property and possessions, shared the money and with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple. They met at homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We just claimed that promise and said, that's not, God, God did it then. Why not just do it again? And he did. Now you can jump forward right now and you can go right to where we are and go, wow, God has done a great thing. But you know, it's been a fight the whole time, but living by faith allows you to see the victory instead of what everybody else says is going to happen. Now, I'm living the life of faith, and in 2012, I'm out deer hunting, and my wife calls me and says, hey, babe, what are you doing? I said, well, I just got a nice deer. And she said, well, you need to head home. Our house is on fire. 
are you kidding me? And all the way home, I'm going, God, I've been really working hard on living a life of faith. And I don't know about this. This is tough for me. What's everybody going to think? I'm there trying to tell everybody how to live a life of faith. And disaster here. What's the deal with that? Well, living a life of faith don't mean that you don't live in a fallen world. And so it's just how you're going to respond in the midst of the fall. And when I found out everybody was okay and that I, I knew that God was going to see me through, I just was praying and he planted the name John Martin on my mind while I was praying. And I called John. John said, you're not going to believe this. I'm at home. I'll be right over. I said, well, he said, what do you want me to get? I said, get all the deer heads, all the deer heads, the deer heads. My wife, I knew, had already got the pictures. I needed the deer heads. So he got the deer heads. So it, didn't, it wasn't that bad. We had insurance. And you know, I got home and I was probably supposed to be pretty sad. But really, I wasn't that worried about it. And then the next morning, after the fire, I went over to the house and it was still smoking. And I went over and I, I was looking around. And I said, you know, God, this is tough for me. My girls have lost everything. Uh, this, this, I mean, I saw a medal from one of their volleyball games hanging down, and it just kind of started to tear me up. And I said, whoa, 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 wait, I'm a man of faith. And that's just, I remember thinking that. And about that time, I looked around, and I saw white paper. There was some wind, and I saw white paper floating everywhere. But what in the world? White paper in the middle of a black fire. I mean, it was just white as could be. I ran over there, and, I, and one, one was right near me, and I grabbed it. I stepped on it and grabbed it because the wind was blowing, and I picked it up. And I'm not kidding you. I read this right from that. It said, Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by shall any means hurt you. And it was just affirmation of what was already in my heart. <laughs> Nothing's going to hurt me. Well, how did I know that? I knew that because I knew that the word was my promise. Now I've got 12 promises. I mean, I just keep adding to them. January 2nd, this happened. And on January 8th of 2012, our vision for that year was moving in. And I didn't realize at the time, I was looking back on this and some of my notes, and uh, the, the scripture was Joshua 1, 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the promise. Into the promise. Moving in. Moving in. And you know what? That year, we built a new gym. We built a new, and, and moved into it. We built a new intern facility, new offices, new Sunday school. We just kept, that year was probably the biggest year of us moving in that we had had up to that point. And I, I remember thinking, it's the word of God and his promises that we stand on and we walk into the blessings of God. I just, I have hundreds of stories and I could go on all night, but I want to have the worship team come up and I want to end with one story. I just really felt like that tonight, the Lord didn't want me just to sit there and teach scripture after scripture. I just wanted to share a testimony because I believe that we can all have the life of faith. It makes a difference. I've got a different marriage. My kids both serve the Lord and are in church every Sunday and are making an impact in their lives and the people that surround them. The reason that happened is because I decided and my wife decided we were going to live a life of faith. It changes your life. Last year, 
we have a camp where we're at and by the ranch the the camp 2018 Tristan my youngest daughter went to the emergency room once again there's this battle coming and I'm like okay God I know you got this what's happening here and I go up and I find out as she's being released she hands me a note and says congratulations grandpa she was pregnant that's why she was sick few months later after that, she gets a diagnosis, a diagnosis of preeclampsia. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but high blood pressure during pregnancy. I hate the internet when you start looking up what things are. And I, I did that. Oh, and the reason I hated it is because it was the enemy trying to put fear in me and dread and it tried to destroy my hope and wait. My faith has got to stand over this dread. Satan was firing negative thoughts at me. My mind was going nonstop. I was alone. And when I was alone, tears would just start flowing down my face. God, this is my daughter. This is my granddaughter. And I know what your word says. You know, I'd start saying that and telling him like he didn't know that was my daughter. And he didn't know that was my grand. God, I, this is what. And then all of a sudden, I, it would come. No weapon formed against her is going to prosper. See, the word and the promises of God would start building up in me. And so I'd start getting fear. And then all of a sudden, I know that all things things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, wait, God, I love you. I love you and you love me and I have a call on my life and my kids have a call on their life and this is going to work together for good. See, every time I'd start to, my mind and this attack had come on my, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, not to harm her, not to harm that baby. But I'm here to give them a hope and a future. Matthew 21, 22 is probably one of the biggest ones. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. If you have faith. So I'd pray these things and the battle would start and I'd, I'd feel good for a few minutes and I'd win that battle and maybe it was a few seconds. Next thing you know, I've got this thought again and I'm dealing with this and, and I'm just, what do I do? I mean, I, it was overflowing. It was, over, it was just overwhelming. Has anybody ever been there with something? You know, this just this mind, just good grief, quit that. And, and I had to be careful because if I wasn't careful, I, I, I would start talking to God the problem. But when I started talking to God about the promise, then he'd download a plan for me. See, there's a promise, and when you believe the promise, then you'll believe the plan. And so I started prophesying the promise. The promise. Through prayer, I can have and I can receive if I'll have faith. I've got to have a life of faith. Not just the one promise of heaven, but all the others that are for our lives. I love faith stories. I, I just, I'll never forget. My wife and I, my daughter was in the room and here's her and I with our ear right next to the door. I don't know if you guys have done that in a hospital, but we're right by the door. I'm trying to hear everything. And you're hearing them say push, and you're hearing them. I mean, you can hear pretty clear. And I'm hearing her husband, Kenan, it's going to be okay, babe. It's going to be okay. And he's talking to her. And 
I'm sitting out there in the name of Jesus. By faith, I'm going to receive what you're... Oh, God, I'm believing you for... And I'll never forget hearing that first cry she yelled, yelled out. Man, she got some lungs. She's going to be a gospel singer. When she yelled out, I was over my wife in tears just started. I've never had this happen, but I'm talking about pouring out my eyes onto her head. And I looked down, and they were on the floor from hers. She was kneeling not just over her. I said, God, you're so faithful. You are so faithful. You are a faithful God. And I thank you that by grace today, salvation came. Your grace, your grace is good. And by faith, your promises are real. They're real. Maybe today you need a promise downloaded into you so that you can believe the plan. See, God, you're here because you believe that God has a promise. And maybe you're here at Faith Week because you're going to get some faith built for something you don't even know that you're going to need to be the man or the woman of faith for what may happen in someone else's life. Come on, we got to have some faith leaders. And I believe that's the men and women of God. That's a call on all of our lives. So will you stand with me just for a moment? Thank you for joining us each week for the CMC podcast. Go to cmchurch.com for more information about all the great things CMC has for you.